All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL draft. Right, anyway, the clock on Saturday night is lining up for a Daily Face Off. I mean, for bachelor parties, it generally goes like podcasts and then Vegas. Yeah. Know, like in terms of what you want to do. It's definitely the one to, yeah. in terms of bachelor right. party Absolutely. order. Yeah. For sure. That's just, that's where the podcast goes in our priority list. So prior to this podcast, uh, if you guys don't know, we were like hurricane season number two, I'm pretty sure. Shout out to all of our Texas listeners because you guys deserve it all. But winter got hit probably harder than it's ever been hit in the last couple of days. We were... Slightly underwater in some areas. Yeah. So a little bit. all of our golf courses, we had a little golf outing planned. All of our golf courses completely flooded. So me and D ended up right. going golfing indoors today, right? Which it was still pretty fun. We, uh, I broke my driver on my first driver swing. Not really sure how that happened. And then you broke your three wood about twelve <laughs> minutes later. It was yeah. uh, probably the most random thing I've ever seen. And then I came in for kudos to yeah. Beebs who showed up late to the indoor golf. He was wearing a Thomas Vanek Buffalo jersey. Mm-hmm. Upon first arrival, but decided 
you should probably change into a, a collared t-shirt at one point. Not but now, funny. back in the Vanek jersey, you look wonderful, Beebs. Are you ready to pod? Oh, yeah. I will admit, I did uh, I did my job of golfing, just looking and chirping and not doing, not swinging a club. That's how I do it. You did excellent. I, I can't get it. it further than, like, 30 centimeters. Let okay, before we really so. start, do you think you're better at golf than you are at softball? No, okay. Which, which one are you better at? Because I've seen your softball ability. Both not are not sharp. <laughs> it's crazy, because, like, I have... A you can slap shot and like I can rip in hockey, but then like give me any other. Tell sport, me about it. This is what we were thinking. Worse. <laughs> I don't. This get is it. what we were thinking. We we're like, yeah, this kid can rip a clapper, but put a baseball bat in his hand, and I literally look like, like he's a blind man a trying to find his no way. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> no torque. No torque. No yeah. He's like the biggest one out of all of us. He can't even no, turn his I hips. I, mean, I was taking. It's cuts like negative bat speed. Yeah. Yes. It's going against itself. I took some cuts in my kitchen for like the last. You could pick me up on my feet and swing me. Guys. You could swing me by my feet. Your bat speed would be higher than Beeps. You can almost get it out of the infield now. Almost. Hey, you know, 2021, you'll be, you'll be hitting dangers. Podcast, uh, when we're doing our charity podcast softball game, I'm going to be hitting them right out of the infield. Charity podcast. I hope we get there one day. Are we the charity? Yeah, we might be. It might be for us. Anyway, so this is the first... Season preview podcast of the season, so very similar to what right. we did in 2016-17. Right. These are the 2017-18 position preview articles. We're going to start with the deepest position of them all, the centers. Uh, so what we're going to do, like we did last year, we're going to talk about our top 10 centers. We each have a different top 10. And then we're each going to discuss our sleepers, our busts, our breakouts, which are not the same as sleepers. And our rookie that we expect to make an impact in 2017-18. And then we will obviously get your Twitter questions at the end. And I'm sure there'll be some Blue Stones mixed in there somewhere. Because shout out to the Blue Stones. Definitely some bangers. So, Beams, you know what? Since you got to go to Vegas, since you can't hit a golf ball. Or baseball. Or baseball. We might as well start with you and your top 10. Who are your top 10 centers coming into the 2017-18 season? Okay, so um, super hard in the top three here. I mean, I absolutely pick my brain. But uh, I think number one, Connor McDavid. We all got that guy there. Kid's like 20 now. He's going to shred up the league again. What what we think, like 120 points this year? I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of where my guess is. It's um, not even out of the I think I'm setting the bar either. low on him at that point. It's but, the uh, first time in a while that you actually like head into the season. with Consensus like, number one. But even just like a guy who's like pretty surefire to put up triple-digit points this year. I don't even think it's close. Yeah, no, I don't either. Really. Like, like, so I, I saw a couple questions on DFO, like, should it be Malkin, or sorry, Crosby, or McDavid, and regardless of format, yeah, like, it's McDavid 100% of the time, every time. Yeah. Yeah, well, even for me, like, I put Crosby, too, obviously, because McDavid's better now, but just the health factor, too, like, I always, I know McDavid hasn't necessarily been the, the staple of health, but Crosby... Right. Uh, well, he played 82 he, games he really last year, free injury year this before yeah. year but like th- th- there's no like when I did my projections this year like McDavid I think I have 12 points higher than number two like McDavid is the class of the field right yeah I mean and I think we're gonna have the, we could probably use this intro for the next 10 years and it'd be the exact same I'm pretty sure in my draft kit it says he's gonna lead the league in points <laughs> for the next decade I'm yeah. pretty sure verbatim that's what it says and then I'm releasing an article with all of my projections in the next couple days on Good like all, on, on all the Nation Network sites Great and when plug. I sent Great it to plug. the Oilers Nation editor our boy Bag Milk he's Good just like plug. he saw it he goes 
Oh my god, you're going to make so many friends in Oilers Nation because I have McDavid projected for 108 points and nobody else is even close. That's definitely a nation you want to impress though. Like Venom, Leafs Nation, like those are the two you want to... And Matthews is up there yeah. too. Now, I, I, you want to get you know what? I'm not even the biggest Leafs fan ever, obviously. We know that for sure. But I I had a very hard time writing about, you know, the Matthews, Nylander, I'm sure Martin, you did. All the boys. No, no, no. I had, no, I had a time. What I was trying to say was I was having a tough time writing about them and not being extremely positive. Like, yeah. everything I wrote about the Leafs this summer, like, they are going to have an amazing, an amazing season. But anyways, so we'll get started. you got McDavid 1, Crosby 2. I'll stop interrupting. Yeah. I was going to say another thing about the Leafs that was probably grinding you was you probably put in, like, 6 before you put in your first Red Wing player on the overall list there. I can't say much. The Avalanche aren't doing much better. But. Probably five. Yeah, five. Yeah, no, Probably yeah. five. But props to them. They're going to be extremely exciting. and got to suck for a really long time to be good eventually. That's exactly. how sports works. Now. Right. Doing it well. So what happens when you're good for a really long yeah. time? You just have to, suck. Yeah. <laughs> you have to suck. Look at the Cubs. Look at the Oilers now. Right. The, the Cubs. are about to go on that, that streak. The Cubs sucked forever. Yep. Just, <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Vs. Austin Matthews, number three. Right. Toronto Maple Leafs. Who's he? Uh, never heard of him. Um, stud, though. 19. There you go. And Genny Malkin, number four for me, which is kind of a huge stretch, but uh, I've always kind of been huge on Malkin. For me, it's um, it's a matter of... I, I don't even know why I didn't put my next guy above him here, but, but for me, like Malkin is one of those guys, when he is healthy, and if he is, then he is easily a top five center, the, but I mean, that's such Like, a realistically, like the thing that differentiates the uh, I messed that word up a little bit there but the Penguins from the rest of the field is that they have two they have Crosby and Malkin and Malkin when he is healthy is honestly a top five player in the league so they have two top five players like nobody else comes even close to that they but when he's not like so in terms of fantasy value sometimes he lands a little lower on the list because this guy routinely misses 20 games a year but his talent's undeniable. Say when he does he's he, he's a top five player in the league, but from fantasy perspective, he's a very risky pick. Yeah, and for me, I mean, it, it, say he goes down, then a bunch of people jump up. Or if Sid goes down for any period of time, Malkin almost becomes that number two. Or always, Sid would have been. he's always That's stepped always up. What it is above and beyond. Yeah. It's it's not a case of oh Sid's gone and and you right. know and but you know we've seen like obviously since the last whatever six seven years however long it's been since both these two have been uh, kind of performing at their peak. Like the Penguins just take this really uh, cautious approach to handling each of them throughout the regular season. You're never going to see Malkin or Crosby play through some minor injury yeah. in the dog days of the season. Definitely. It's just not going to happen, right? They're playing for April basically at all times. So that's why I think you routinely see Malkin play closer to 60 games than 80 games year in and year out. It's not like he has major injuries that continue to plague him. It's kind of these little bumps and bruises that, you know, they're way more hesitant to play their stars yeah. through. Especially as, as he gets older, too. I mean, they, they know they're going to be there when, you know, when, when playoffs roll back around. So right. That's what it's all about, right? It's not like Especially, too, because, like, they also, like, you take little tags out of the lineup. And cross, like, there's always somebody missing from the lineup. Right. There's, there's, uh, there's always they also there. have Phil Kessel there. Like, they have guys that just Nick, always Nick, step Nick up. steps up into a top six role and yeah. becomes a top six player, like, like, I love Malkin. I think he's great, but I just... For me, like, I refuse to draft him every year because you'll get 65 games out of him. You'll get 70 points in those 65 right, games, 65, but yeah. he's so risky. Right, but at the same time, you know, he'll, he's probably going to be top three or four in points per game at the oh, end of the yeah. season. Oh, for fun. He's 
He's amazed. So and if you want to take the bet, like there's always that ceiling there, I think. Yeah. But and if you're in a league where you have, you know, two or three IR spots, um, you can always afford to slide him in there and pick up a guy who's hot for a week, kind of right. thing. I'm, not, I'm never huge on that strategy, but I mean, it doesn't necessarily hurt you if he's going to get you that many points per game when he's actually in. Um, but I'll go on to my next one here, and this is someone I probably should have put above Malkin. Um, but another thing is health concerns. That's Tyler's. Uh, how, how do I pronounce the last name? Sigwin. I think it's Sigan. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 in this neck of the woods, it's probably Sigan, yeah. but Sagan works occasionally. Yeah, but um, Tyler Sagan is now. Um, he's not. He's now working with. Um, I mean, we all saw Radulov sign out there in Dallas so much that I actually when I was in Vegas, I put a hundred dollars on Dallas that day um, because you know. Now they got that top three. It's almost reminiscent the dirty. of the Bertuzzi, Morrison, Naslin days with Jamie Benn, or even Ottawa, Spezza, Alphonson, Heatley days. You know what, man? Those That's are, a pretty good comparison. Right? I These like are that. some power lines, and I honestly think that the Sagan, Ben, and um, Radulov line could kind of be something like that. They all they have the guys who are going to score, the guys who are going to... You know, Ben's the big body. He's the big Bertuzzi. You got... Uh, I mean, Radulov's going to be the finisher. He's the Naslund. And then you got Sagan in the middle as, uh, as the Morrison. It's you know, I nice. wrote about Radulov a little bit today. I wrote a, I wrote a piece about the, you know, the familiar faces, but, it, you know, people that change teams this offseason. And when I, every time I write and think about Radulov with Sagan and Ben, like that, cool. Radulov is so crafty, you know, a solid playmaker, can also finish. Sagan has also shown the ability to be a 30-40 goal scorer. Ben is ridiculous. Just an absolute bond. Like that line Crazy. could be, and then you know they added you know Matthias Yanmark missed the entire last year. Like that team, there's no way they struggle to the degree that they struggled last year. They actually added a real life goaltender this year. They should be, That's huge. Seagan is a monster. I love him. He he should be a you know he should kind of return to form. So should Ben this year. But you know what, before you go through your, your six to ten. D, why don't you give us your one through five really quick? And if there's any differences, we could talk about Sure. Them. Well, top three is the same. It's probably going to be the same across the board. I got McDavid, Crosby, and then Matthews. Do you want to uh, elaborate on Matthews a little bit? I know that's your boy. Uh, a little bit. I was, like, you know, I think less certain of him being in the three spot than you guys. But, uh, obviously, 40 goals is going to be tough to replicate coming into his second season. Uh, but, you know, here at uh, the DFO Podcast, we're big fans of shot production over, you know, kind of uh, shot quality. So that's kind of the Matthews versus Liney debate going into the second season. I think we're, we feel much more comfortable betting on Matthews at this point 100%. to not only not regress, but progress in, uh, you know, other areas. So I think Matthews, you know, should be close, if not over 40 goals again. And we could definitely see his assists rise a little bit too. Um, and with the potential for more, which is the only reason I have him in the third spot. And then I got Eichel fourth, uh, pretty high on Jack Eichel as well. 57 points in 61 games last year. Uh, we're hoping to get a full season out of him. And was the second overall pick for no reason. Exactly. Uh, and then I got Sagan after that uh, with Malkin just missing out on the top five. And to me, that's kind of uh, probably its own tier on its own. The three to, I guess, maybe eight yeah. after that. Like, that's definitely, I feel like the top eight is going to be pretty. Centers are just so deep. They're just. Yeah, you, they you, are. They are. But those guys are all, to me, like a much lower floor. And not quite the ceiling of Crosby and McDavid above them. So, like you look at you look at guys like you know you got your Vladimir Tarasenko's, uh, you know your your Nikita Kucherov's. Those guys may not have like they are amazing in their own right, but they also carry a little extra weight in the first round because they're not centers. Right. Yeah. The center is a very deep position. Like you could really you're right. You, the three through ten is almost interchangeable. Right. 
they're almost the tight ends of football, the wingers, and then the centers are just your wide receivers, running backs kind of thing. For sure. For me, obviously, McDavid, number one. I made that pretty clear early in the show. Crosby, number two. Uh, Matthews, number three. I just think that he's an absolute monster. Like, yeah. like, I watched a lot of Leaf games last year. and like they, The opponents have such a difficult time taking him off the puck, and he, he should honestly score 40 for the foreseeable future. Like, yeah. He's an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. Segan, my love for Segan goes... You know, beyond the last name, he's, he's sensational. That's it. That's where he draws the line. Last uh, and then Jack Michael. Uh, I'm going to touch on him a little bit later in the show, more in depth. But if he didn't get hurt early last year, he would have been, you know, a lot easier to put in this top five center conversation than he is to kind of just throw in there because he was hurt earlier last year. But, Beavs, why don't we throw it back to you, go six through ten. And we'll, uh, we'll see if we got any differences from you. All right. Well, I definitely, we definitely have something switching up here because I do have Jack Eichel at six. And um, I'm probably one of the biggest Eichel fans out there. You're wearing a Buffalo jersey as we see. This speak. hurt me to put him at six, but it was just the supporting cast um, around him. I, I mean, don't I just want to mention, sorry, before we go here. Yeah. This is, we're 50 minutes into our first show in a long time. We've talked about Eichel and Buffalo a lot. And Thomas Vanek in his Buffalo. We haven't even said the word. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned our partners. Don't even know what we're talking about. I, I just can't believe like we said Buffalo. I got, I, I got I, one I, reference ready to go. Anyway. All right. Anyways, actually, actually, Eichel number six. Yeah. We actually had a listener who said hockey season doesn't start until Resto touches the ice. So uh, Perfect. Total props uh, to, to that listener. But Eichel at six for me. <laughs> I won't go too deep into that. Um, as I as you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk this guy a little bit here. Number seven, though, Steven Stamkos. Comeback year for Stamkos. Almost comeback two year for Stamkos. It's been a couple off years for him. It's a guy who scored 50 goals, what seemed to be pretty easily a couple years ago. But uh, I kind of see him coming back to that form. There's a lot less pressure on him now that Kucherov's kind of stepped up out there, and that could really help him. Um, I just need him to be healthy because it, it's, it's, he's another one of those guys where, you know, he's literally probably the most natural goal, goal scorer in the, in the league. league. And that's why he's so high is because of the goal scoring. Because at number eight, I have Nicholas Backstrom and... Um, yeah, I think Baxter might outpoint Stamkos, but For those, sure he will. those points are going to be a lot of assists and uh, twenty sixty <laughs> exactly. And and you know Stamkos could give you the forty forty or the fifty thirty or whatever. And I'm going to enjoy those fifty goals a lot more than I'm going to enjoy. A lot harder to come by. Yeah, and then finally, um, this is kind of a controversial pick, but someone I believe very highly in, and I think uh, I think Brock does as well. But Alex Barkov, um, huge beauty. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say actually, I think D's even touching him on. Ba- Barkov is the same. Boat is Evgeny Malkin. Like, he's not as good, but he is, like, he's, like, the second coming of Evgeny Malkin. He yeah. just needs to, if he could stay healthy, he would be such a force. Yeah, it's a guy who people forget went third, I mean, what, three years ago, three or four years ago there, and he's uh, he's definitely a, a Him and Huberto, when they're both on the ice together, is absolute magic. And I think Florida had an off year last year. We were hyping oh, my God. so, so But you know what? They didn't do a whole lot to improve this offseason either. They yeah. should be Got rid still of pretty... They should still be a pretty good team, but they just didn't do a whole lot. They're, they, you know, they took maybe a step back, but they got some some overseas guys coming in too. So we'll see how that bounces out. But the uh, six to ten for you. Uh, like I said, I got Malkin at six, just missing the cut of top five. Uh, we've already touched on him. Uh, stay healthy, is that why? Well, yeah, no, and like I just said, I just think they're so hesitant to play him through any minor thing that comes up that there's like no way he can really play past seventy games in a season at this point. Yeah. Uh, and then I got Backstrom at seven just because he's been way too consistent over the last five, six years to really ignore. Uh, obviously, like Beef said, the goals are worth more than assists, but if you're in a league with power play points, which you know most standard leagues are, uh, Backstrom is going to 
you know, be right around the top of the league in that category as well. Uh, eight, I got John Tavares. Uh, Tavares, to me, has just really seemed to have uh, a difficult time kind of pushing his game over the top with the lack of surrounding cast there in, in, uh, the, in New York. Um, in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. I, was, I almost said Long Island. Well, we're going to have to start a new jar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to me, like, if even if you're just comparing Tavares to Backstrom, like, I feel like Tavares' ceiling at this point is kind of what Backstrom's done the last... Uh, For sure. Three, oh, 100%. However many years. Uh, then I got Stamkos at nine. Uh, I am hopeful for Stamkos' potential. I would almost be uh, willing to take him over to Varys if they both fell to me in a draft. Uh, just because, you know, he does have that potential to put up 40, 50 goals in a season, which isn't obviously something you can say a lot about a lot of guys. Hard to um, come by. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he is kind of far removed from the 50-goal scorer that he was, even in his last full season. Kind of wasn't producing at quite what we were used to Well, last before. year, though, he was lead the league in points when he got hurt. Right. 20 games into the season. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He, he was, and it wasn't anything crazy. It was like twenty-one points in yeah. seventeen games or something. It was, I but I feel you. Yeah, but yeah. he was, uh, he was there. Yeah, no, was... I feel you for sure, for sure. And that's why you know, I like I said, he's got the potential for sure, and uh, it worth taking that uh, kind of the run at at that point. Sorry, tied for second in points with twenty, and uh, tied for second in points and goals, twenty points, nine goals in seventeen. Right, and then ten, I got Ryan Johansson uh, narrowly making it. The tenth spot to me was really hard. Uh, I think it was really where kind of this the third tier of centermen kind of come into play. Uh, but Johansson, for as great as he was last year, scored only fourteen goals. Uh, I think me and you, Brock, are both hopeful he can push back to around the two hundred shots he was at before coming over to Nashville. Yeah, and Columbus, uh, he was all over that two hundred. Right, shot if he can get to low twenties in goals, then this he'll have the tenth spot or top ten spot. I think uh, securely firmed at that point. Uh, but like I said, there's a number of guys you could probably slide into the 10 spot there. He, he is very similar to your backstrom. Like, he's not going to be, you know, as productive and as consistent as the as the backstrom. But he has a little bit higher goal upside. And he can push for 50 apples. And he can push for, you know, your 25 goals. Like, he has so much upside. He just And Nashville's such a quality side. That like, it's definitely attainable. But for me, mm-hmm. um, I have John Tavares at 6. Now... When I was writing my draft this year, I could, this blew my mind, though. It's crazy for me to think that Tavares has only been over a point per game twice in eight years. I, I can see it. I think it's he's one of those names that... I know, no, but it's just like everybody... like It's it. just like four years ago, like he was... Was McDavid. he Art Ross or was he... He was David. Like everybody thought he was the next... You but know, the next Sidney Crosby. Yeah, yeah he just... He but realistically, since then... Uh, he has the seventh most goals and ninth most points since his the year he broke into the NHL. So he's obviously still uh, a top, you know, six with no help. To, yeah, no, no help. Yeah. And, you know, I think every, you Kyle know a lot of people don't love he was Jordan Everly, but like last year we were talking about how oh my god this is amazing. You know, we got uh, Andrew Ladd coming in on on, on Tavares' way. Okay, yeah. now we're talking about Jordan Eberle. You know, a much yeah. more quality goal scorer. I think his career high is 34 goals. He's got a lot of goal scoring potential. He's scored 20-plus goals in four straight seasons. He can actually play with Tavares. Oh, yeah. Although he did disappear in the playoffs last year. But regardless, sure. Tavares should have a little bit more health this year. Uh, for me, seven, I have Nicholas Backstrom. I, lo- I I think I have Nicholas Backstrom in at least two years. I have Backstrom in a couple leagues every single year because I just love the consistent production. And realistically, he can elevate his game above some of these guys. One, he doesn't score as many goals. His 
power play production is elite. Is yeah, second sure. to none. He puts up mad power play points, even if it's not goals. His power play production is elite. Uh, Evgeny Malkin, I have at number eight again. We've already talked about. It. I I love him. It's great. Just can't stay healthy. Stamkos at nine. It's hard. Pre- you're hard pressed to find somebody who can score forty goals. Uh, you know, it just doesn't happen that often. But he is one of those guys. There, you know, there's a handful of guys coming in every single season that you think can maybe score forty. Stamkos is one of them. Uh, I have Mark Shifley narrowly uh, over my boy Ryan Johansson at ten. Uh, I I obviously think that. Shifley putting up 82 points last year was a little higher than I'm expecting from this year, but he's still worthy of the number 10 spot because he has 30 goal, 40 assist upside. Uh, where Johansson, even if he does get to 20 or 200 shots, he really doesn't have the 30 goal. He does have it; it's in there, but he doesn't have the obvious 30 goal upside um, that Shifley has. But D, why don't we throw it back to you really quick here? Let's talk about. Your sleeper center from 2017-18. Uh, okay, so obviously we're moving a lot, or way further down the draft board at this point. Oh, for sure. Um, this is a guy we talked about a lot on the show last year, if you tuned in at all. But just uh, checking the projections and average <laughs> draft spots kind of around the fantasy atmosphere universe right now. Landscape. Landscape? Sure. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Sam Reinhart uh, shot 9.6% last year. 13. We should all buy Sabres jerseys. Another <laughs> Buffalo bro. <laughs> we don't even like Buffalo. Any of us. It just, two, somehow it just I happened. have two Sabres jerseys. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Sam <laughs> Reiner. I like it. Finished just under 50 points last year. Shot 9.6 like I said. Uh, 13.6 the year before. Uh, to me, I'm kind of hoping we see a little bit more closer towards that. Uh, on ice shooting percentage of just 7.6. Definitely room to grow there as well. Uh, he was... Much better when Eichel came back into the lineup, obviously, as you can expect. Throughout the season, too, he had second on the team in power play time behind only our boy, Risto Ristolainen. Risto! There it is! Uh, And, you know, he's going on an average in Yahoo drafts right now, 164. This is a guy you can pick up in the 15th, 16th round who really has 60-point upside and potential. Uh, obviously, we talked a lot about how we kind of expect Eichel to grow this year and don't expect anything but Reinhardt to kind of be right along his side. Uh, so, yeah, to yeah. me, Sam Reinhardt, a guy you can get to fill at the bottom of your roster who can really end up being a third center on your team. Yeah, Sam Reinhardt's one of those guys who kind of got forgotten in the draft just because of the talent that went around him, I think. And just kind of, he, he hasn't, he's playing in Buffalo. There's no splash compared to what Eichel's bringing. But I, I, I mean, he's an underrated talent out there. He's great. Um, He's a natural goal scorer. I'm going to kind of use the uh, the Sam Reinhardt to go into my pick because yeah. Sam Bennett should take on a little bit of a larger role, and he, he's going borderline undrafted right now. And this is a guy they spent the number four overall pick on in 2014. Could They're not the allowing him to just not do anything. Right. Like They're going to push him into roles where he can succeed. And... As good as that backland for Lee Kachuk line is, you know, they also have a bit of a shutdown rule mentality where this Bennett line can play a little bit more of an offensive role. They're going to, you know, they get deployed a little bit more in the offensive zone during faceoff. This is a guy that can come out there and have a pretty good year when he's basically going, and again, this is August 30th. You know, drafts are still not even really getting going, but he's not even getting drafted right now. Ben is a real sleeper because he should see a little bit of an uptick in minutes. And this is a guy that 
when he was drafted, he was compared to probably your boy D, Dougie Gilmore. You know, he's an in-your-face offensive threat. All right. But, um, no, Sam Benning, he's one of those guys where, you know, that Calgary team kind of looks like the whole team's ready to take a step forward. And I think they should be. It's going to be a very positive uh, fantasy production out of that. But um, my sleeper is, um, I, I, anyone can call me a homer on this one, but it's uh, it's Matt Duchesne, someone whose name's flying around the rumor mill right now, and it's kind of uh, that's kind of why I'm going to mention him. But uh, first off, let's face it, nobody really wants to touch any Colorado Avalanche players going into this draft, myself included. They're like the plague, stay away from them, but not actually. <laughs> um, but that's also something that can really come in handy for you as a fantasy um, as a fantasy owner, because let's face it, fantasy is about individuals, not necessarily always the team around them. So um, for Matt Duchesne, he's, uh, he's someone who just had an awful year on an awful team last year. Um, uh, but going into last season, Avalanche players were being taken extremely high because everyone thought they'd break out. But really, we were a part of that group. Yeah, absolutely, bad. myself included. And to be honest, nothing's changed. Um, if anything, they're they're better than they were last yeah, year. Yeah. If anything, now they know how to completely lose and just be the worst team ever. Yeah. But um, but um, also something uh, about him is that uh, he, he he could be moved at any point now. So if you draft uh, you draft Duchesne. Say later on he's fallen through the draft and, and be that and number two center with, in yeah. Nashville at some point. Exactly, and at that point he becomes almost a sixty point guy, and and, uh, and this is someone who has elite talent. I mean, Team Canada put them on there among a group of all stars, and uh-huh. uh, when there were many players who got left off, who people thought probably should have made it instead of them. But um, Duchesne's accumulated uh, at least fifty five points in every single one of his full seasons that he's played in. So um, he's only had two seasons where he hasn't. One was injury, and one was a lockout season. The only real lock on him is going to be your plus minus. That's all it is. and uh, as Which we, is bullshit, but I, it's still a fantasy category. Yeah. We did a Corsi 4 category. In, in <laughs> well, that game is do not touch Duchesne. Um, it's the same, yeah, I guess it's the same realm. He's yeah. still going to hurt you. But he's only 26, um, and that's something he seems like he's been around a Wait, long Wait, we're not time. giving up on him? No. So that's, oh. that's exactly 26. This guy's got to retire. Oh, he's yeah, done. Right? He's got to retire. Yeah. Send him off. Yeah, see you later. But um, but again, he's 26. He's far past uh, his prime or any of that. He could still actually be stepping into it or on the edge of, of the cusp of it. Um, or even out of it, but still, he's still going to be a solid contributor. Absolutely, fantasy. where he's going to be taken. You're a homer, but yeah, but in the end, the reality is he's going to be taken <laughs> way lower than he should. You're be, a homer for the worst team in the year. NHL. How's that feel? Hey, you're about to be in. <laughs> I know, team, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> D, we might as well stick with you. We might as well uh, go with you know, keep it positive. We won't talk about the bust yet. Let's talk about breakout guys. Now, the difference, in my opinion, between a breakout and a sleeper. A sleeper is a guy who is going largely undrafted or, or late in the rounds that can still be, you know, he'll move, he'll actually produce like a, you know, a mid-round to an upper-round draft pick, where a breakout is a guy who's going just later than he should, who is really going to just burst onto the scene this year and make a fantasy splash. So, D, who is your 2017-18 breakout center? Uh, you know, a guy Beeps talked about earlier in the show, but uh, real quick, I want to touch on Alexander Barkov. Oh! <laughs> You know, like we said, he's missed uh, some time over the last two seasons, 37 regular season games. But over that uh, span, he's produced at a 72-point uh, pace. And uh, definitely a guy, I guess, when, you know, when we're talking about Melkin, we're talking about, you know, the approach that the Penguins were taking with him. And it's kind of the complete opposite with Barkov. He doesn't have that same long-winded injury history. He's still early on in his career, just 21 years old. And the Panthers really want to push him to playing a full Crazy season or as close to a full season, right? They want to, they want to, you know, kind of reassure that this guy can play in the league day in and day out. Uh, 
And really, he's going in the ninth round right now, which I don't know how that's going to hold up. He's going in the 90th range overall picks right now. It's crazy. This is a guy who like literally has 70-point potential. This is a guy who's like consistently featured on Pavel Barber's Instagram right. page because his mitts are oh, so yeah. ridiculous. Right. Like, he was the shootout specialist of the year last year. Like, he's ridiculous. I mean, just total high-end talent. Who he has everything. Has already produced at a seventy-two point he's clip. Still he's, learning. He has Let alone, he's twenty-one years old, and you should still see some progression. Everything about every him is everything about him is impressive. He's got the size. Right. He's got the hands. He's got the shot. Right. Like everything about him. Just wingers. if he could stay healthy. No, he honestly he needs to be at least a fourth round pick. Oh, for fun. Going to the ninth round. For fun. I feel like he's our Kuznetsov of this year, where we like Grant Kuznetsov didn't quite turn out last year for us, but he's the guy who we kind of. Right. I mean, Kuz, Kuz, Kuz came around. Yeah, Kuz came around. He's one of the best players in the second half of the season. Oh, yeah. Kuz definitely came around. Brock, uh, since you did a nice transition to you last time, though, aren't you? Oh, you want me to go again? Yeah, why not? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just realized that I have Barkoff ranked as a seventh round pick, so maybe he shouldn't be a fourth, but he should be in the uh, fourth or seventh round pick. There you go. But it's all about the injury yeah, history. Thanks. It's hard to really bank on a guy, and that's why he's a breakout candidate. For me... We've talked about this guy as well, and I'm not going to go too in-depth, but it's Jack Eichel. Uh, obviously, his season was derailed last year before it even got started. High ankle sprain in training camp, and it sent Buffalo Twitter into an absolute frenzy. Uh, upon Eichel's return uh, to the lineup, he ranked 10th in the NHL in points with 57 points through the remainder of the season, and he scored at a 32-goal, 44-assist Per 82-game pace over that span. So, like, Eichel was an absolute force last year. Beavs, you got a breakout? Yeah. Did you do a breakout? Yeah. For this one, though, um, <laughs> uh, my breakout's Christian Dvorak. Um, he's 21 years old. He's uh, he's, he's retired, of, isn't he? Yeah. Well, that's his kid. Raddick. Do not bring up Raddick. I don't think that's his kid, is it? It's, no, it's definitely no. not. No relation. Um, it wasn't on, like, the Neilander train of having a kid when you're 19. Oh, Dvorak. So you can play with him in the SEL. One's also from the Czech <laughs> and one's from U.S., I believe. Well, he is, yeah. He's the other one with a kid. Yeah, anyway. but he was born at Neilander? Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, he, he's one of the... Uh, he's kind of the third piece of the 15-16 the Memorial Cup team that's kind of ascending into superstar status. One, right. D's boy, Mitch Marner. Sure. And two, um, Calgary's own Son, Mitch. Matthew Tuchuk. Um Or Tuchuk. But um, basically, yeah, they're, they're already... They, they're kind of stole the spotlight out of that team. But Dvorak might be one of... Uh, he might be right up there with them. In the last 33 games last year, Dvorak stepped up on the top line in Arizona, um, posting 20 points in those 33 games. And uh, he actually ended the year. This is a crazy, crazy thought, or a crazy thing. He was the only positive player across every single person on the Coyotes roster. As far as plus minus goes, he was a plus Plus minus. Boo! Right? Big boo. But it says something to a guy being the only one player on a whole roster of and we're even including guys who played like two games. Not one person on that team was positive, but him. There's a couple. There's a couple evens. According to Wikipedia, although Dvorak is often asked if he is related to former NHL player Radek Dvorak, comma, they are not related. It's like what? What are those? Uh, what's that? It's almost like I wrote it. What's that <laughs> show where they uh, they pull up? Is it like Mori, where it's just like 
You are not the yeah. father. Radic is. That's how it goes. That's, Radic is not the father. Uh, that's how they presented before. You are not yeah. the father. First Man, time I, I honestly, I feel like you would want to be the father at that point, right? Yeah. Anyways, I, yeah. <laughs> but realistically, you are not. Anyways, so Sorry, Christian Dvorak, um, couple things. Huge break. They're kind of standing. Couple things standing in the way of them. One, the right. offseason acquisition of Derek Stefan, who a lot of people think will lead that top line. But personally, I don't think Derek Stefan's your. I don't think he's your guy. Right. Um, something they, off about a guy that wants to go to Arizona. Yeah, something off. There's also a no, guy. No, it wasn't um, about him wanting really to go to Arizona. It was more of, well, he kind of wanted kinda, to. Yeah. But it was more about New York being like, we got to give this you got to give this guy like $6 million to put up 50 points. And then Arizona was like, oh, pay guy $6 million to put up 50 points. We need that guy. We need that. Can't blame him. There's such thing as a cap floor. Yeah. <laughs> and like, York, Coyotes just learned about it last year. Oh, yeah, New York was just like, New York was like, we, we really <laughs> don't want this money. And then Arizona was like, we could. So like, we figured out we're just not going to pay the players anything. And then we'll just break even. Huh, we're good. We're and then it was like, you know, we have a zillion to spend, but we're not going to bring back Shane Doan. So he was like, bye. He's going to go play for Team Canada. You can't, yeah, he is. Can't he believe is. no one picked him up. Yarbrough, <laughs> <laughs> Yarbrough. All right. <laughs> also, there's Dylan Strom standing in between right. them. And personally... We're talking about more about Dylan Strom later. I know so Brock's getting into Dylan Strom, and this is this is Brock, but personally... We're I dragging on here. Let's rip through it. Well, down. we're dragging because you keep... Yelling, I'm gonna stop yelling. I'm gonna stop yelling. I am yelling. Yelled at least four things. I'm yelling. Anyways, Christian Dorak is is my breakout on a young team that um, could kind of have a surprising fantasy. I love I do think they're going to be talented. They're still going to be like so not in the playoffs, yeah, but fantasy wise, they should score some goals. Yeah, right, one or two. All right, I'm going to talk about my. Rookie, because we're already talking about we're Arizona, so we're, I'm going to do Dylan Strom. We're going to do rookies, we, and then we're just going to shit on a couple guys. Strom obviously struggled a little bit last year. <laughs> One assist, I think it's seven games. No big deal. But upon right. his return to the Erie Otters, MBD. he was Strom. absolutely ridiculous. He had 75 points what? in 35 games. That's ridiculous. And then posted 35 points in 22 playoff That's games. That's a lot of points against 16 Oh my rates. god, he... Absolutely torched the children. So many. <laughs> he was like, "Hey, easy peasy." But regardless, although Dvorak is there, Dylan <laughs> Strom is probably gonna, just, you know, retain the number two center role right. behind Derek Stepan, who makes six a bazillion dollars a year. Dylan Strom, <laughs> absolute beast of a playmaker. Thanks, He's got some pretty quality. No, he doesn't have that many. <laughs> but uh, Max Domi's there. Right. Leafs legend. Leafs legend Max Domi. Leafs legend seed. Uh, I should have gone first because I'm just going to knock off the two easy ones real quick. Yeah. You would. Yeah. Must well, just know. so you guys don't have to talk about them, I'll talk about Nico Heeshire and Nolan Patrick real quick. Uh, Heeshire, incredibly shifty with the puck, as Brock likes to say. So shifty. <laughs> but, you know, on, on all, in all seriousness, the reason I like Heeshire, obviously he's going to make the team out of camp, you know, all things expected. Probably uh, the best player. Right. Well, and, you know, as as far as rookies go, this guy's kind of expected to have an elevated two-way game, uh, you know, which, as far as fantasy goes, should garner him more minutes than the average first-year player, uh, give him more opportunities down the stretch. And uh, we do kind of expect him to line up next to Taylor Hall, the only other 
Uh, New Jersey Devil forward. Where Travis Zajac is also out for the first four months. Man, and should just dude, it is not 2012. I don't give a shit about Travis Zajac. Yeah, but they do. Yeah. They're weird. This New Jersey. I know, man. But talk about Patrick a little bit. Uh, yeah, so he, he shot There you go. Um, and Patrick, kind of the same thing. The only rookie I can really look at, the only two rookies, sorry, I can really look at and say, you know, if they do make the teams out of camp, which they are expected to, uh, they're kind of walking in the top six roles. Obviously, two high-end talents being taken at the top of the draft. Uh, Patrick was the consensus number one, not just going into last year, but for years before that. Uh, injuries limited him to just 33 games in the Western Hockey League. Heshire kind of passed them on those lists. Uh, you know, being picked by Philadelphia could kind of go a long way for Patrick uh, playing, you know. Much better than being picked by New Jersey. Right. A lot more kind of top six talent to go around. But like I said, both high-end talents that are likely walking into top six okay. roles and projecting rookies, as you guys can imagine, Which much one harder than projecting take? Which one would you rather take if you had a choice? Uh, Patrick. Agreed. You? Patrick. Yeah. See, NHL draft does be shit. But I do think Heshire is going to have a lot more rope as the season goes on. Yep, for sure. Also facts. But who's your rookie there, Beebs? Um, I decided to, um, to keep it pretty easy as well. I went with uh, Matthew Barzell out of New York. Love and, it. Um, he's someone who's almost uh, pretty so much, much certain to crack that top so six. Um, they're expecting him to open or start the season as their uh, their second center right behind someone we talked about who's kind of all right. Um Marcel, um, he opened a lot of eyes last year at the World Junior Championships, posting over a point per game, kind of leading Canada's uh, Canada's team back to the the gold medal finals, uh, where they lost. But he was he was yeah. a, an absolute <laughs> force there. He's someone who's never had less than forty assists in a season um, throughout junior, so that even includes his early sixteen year old days. Dude, like that Young whole top nine is filthy. It's gross. And it, Beauvillier, Hosang, Bailey, Lee. So Nelson. you're saying not to sleep on Josh Hosang this yeah. year? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Uh, I'm saying Hosang should sleep on this guy. Us. Gets it. This guy gets it. I, dude, honestly, here you want to hear? Yeah, I'll read it to you right now. Here's all. Uh, <laughs> Did you make a bad pun about? I mean, it's as bad as in that. my draft kit, as long as Hosek doesn't sleep through his alarm at training wow. camp, he's allowed to make. That's not even a pun. That's not that's even a pun. You just called it. Out. Yeah, he had to be know. called out. As long as he doesn't sleep through it, he's making. I think he team. knows he did that. You well, know? He's probably still, you know, got to figure it out. He's still chill. Deep draft though, Grab Barzell. He's, yeah, uh, elite talent on a very, very, very nice looking team. All right, Beebs, might as well stick with you. Who's your bus? Let's get ah. to the bus, then we'll get to Twitter. I love bus. Um, but mine is... All right, no, I, I got to come at this one hot. But um, Coming in hot, just like Brock. Okay, so at this time last year, I took uh, I took a Chicago Blackhawk to bust, and it kind of really, really worked for me. And the guy's kind of now retired because of his skin condition, and that was Marion Hosa. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was not good, Grant. Um, but he did bust very hard, so I'm gonna take that same route and go with uh, John Tavares of the Chicago Blackhawks. And you hope he gets a skip. Wait, you know, what? I did, I did. I didn't write that in my little notes here. It's like I don't. Taves. I, Taves. Or, sorry, yeah, Jonathan Taves. Where did I go? Oh, I went to Tavares. Oh, it just felt so good. Yeah. So Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan Taves. Um, and kind of here's so much other love. I'm not approaching Taves with the same approach that I took from Hosea. Would you rather live in Brooklyn or Buffalo? Buffalo. <laughs> Really? I like Buffalo. You? I think Brooklyn's pretty nice. Yeah, I like Buffalo. We're <laughs> not going here again. But um, back to Jonathan Taze. One of their, uh, the, the reason that I have him up here as a bus, granted, I still think he's a phenomenal hockey player. I still think he might, right. get, he might get 60 points. I would not be surprised. Right. For he sure would kill he it in our pickup leagues. Absolutely. But what it is, well, yeah, I killed it in our pickup leagues. That's but, what I'm going to, I'm going to make a point of saying that every time I talk shit about a player. 
exactly. It's like if this guy came to my Tuesday night pickup league, he would shit on everyone there. Cole would shit on our Tuesday night pickup league. Yeah, he would. But basically, Taze has always kind of been dropped or drafted as a top five center. Not always, but he is around that range. And personally, fantasy wise, he's one of those guys like Patrice Bergeron, where he if he's on your team, he's phenomenal in real life. But when it comes to fantasy production, he's still good, but he's not elite where people assume he's elite. Um, he j- the Dave carries a lot of weight. Exactly. He's never once had a season above 68 points. And um, 68 points is something that you can see randomly from a lot of different guys. But granted, he always has kind of kept in the 55 to 60 point, 65 point range. Um, but at this point, he's not getting any younger. He's Question. 29. Question. He has if you, if you had it, If you had to pick, would you rather take Jonathan Taves or Jakob Voracek on draft day? Probably Taves. Maybe Voracek well, just because wingers. Yeah. yeah, but like yeah. if we're talking over the last two seasons, that. Jonathan Taves is tied for 39th in the NHL in points with Yakub Voracek, <laughs> who last year Taves went 19 spots above on average. Right. So that means that means Voracek had a down year. No, that was before the last year. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. But yeah, so I was just asking if you'd rather. No, I'd rather take I mean, Voracek. Because 100%. of the winger eligibility, obviously, we've talked about this. Center's deep, and Voracek would be nicer in the wing than Tavares. Tate sure. yeah, would be yeah. in your center. But uh, he went 19 spots. Basically, the main the main point of this whole thing is is Taze's name holds a lot more weight than it should. Don't be fooled by that. He's always overrated. Exactly. You know what? Draft the guys we mentioned in our top 10 before him. Because I can guarantee you, someone in your league is going to try to draft him before one of our top ten. So, I've been in leagues where Taves goes above Patrice Bergeron. And, yeah. like, Patrice Bergeron is literally better at real hockey and fantasy yeah. hockey. And I'm sorry, <laughs> like, but the reason... It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, the reason he's won a bunch of cups does not apply for fantasy. You cannot use that as to justify your choice of Taves. Uh, he's a great no, leader, bro. Yeah. You, don't want, that, you, you don't want you that leadership you don't, in yeah. your fantasy locker? Boost your team right up, bro. Anyways, that's my bust. Who's your bust, bud? Uh, I'm just going to take about 90 seconds to shit on Mark Shifley real quick. <laughs> <laughs> take a big old Shifu on him. Uh, uh, Shifley, obviously a guy who has you know a lot of talent. And believe it or not, he was still a borderline top 10 center for me. Uh, just narrowly you know, getting edged out by Ryan Johansson. Uh, but just looking on you know, what he did last year and kind of where he was going in drafts earlier on this year. He's going on average of 22nd overall, the tail end of the second round. Uh, he's entering his age 24 season, uh, so I think you know, kind of expected progression at this point should be minimal. Uh, and you know, to me, I can't look past his crazy high personal and on ice shooting percentages last year, it's absurd. which are just both traditionally red flags for us. If you guys have listened to the show, you know, even two or three times, you probably get that kind of trend by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he shot an even 20% last year on ice shooting percentage of 13.0, both well above league and career average. I think we're all expecting some sort of regression from the players around him as well, you know, i.e. Patrick Laine. Um, so, you know, for a late second-round pick, I just think there's players with stronger floors around him. Shifley's going to have to get lucky to kind of match what he did last year or even come close to it, let alone improve on it like some, you know, projection uh, sites are calling for. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Like, I, I, love, I love Shifley. I think he has a lot to offer, but asking if it would be a point per game player again it's just too much mm-hmm. he's gonna have a very difficult I remember a couple years ago I was asking some, some Jets people who you know carry a bit of weight like do you think Shifley's ever gonna break out and they like they didn't even believe like in Paul him. Maurice why did they hate Paul Maurice but 
We ain't gonna mention AD. <laughs> we don't mention names on this podcast. Is ever. Dustin Bufflin? Because like, when I think of people in Winnipeg who carry a lot of weight. What? That's about all you got. I know Dustin Bufflin definitely carries a lot of weight in Winnipeg. <laughs> That's about it. But anyways, my first... I'm just going to mention two really quick. My first is Claude Giroux. Sure. And I think we kind of talked about him being a potential bust last year as well. Yeah. But this... Stat blows my damn mind. Uh, wait, Claude Giroux, let me get set. Let me get ready for my. Okay, I'm ready for. All right, right. Okay, he's ready, ready to be blown. Claude Giroux had only 27. Hold on, 27 even strength points in 82 games last year. Say what? 27. I think Danny DeKaiser might have had more. Actually, let's not go that. <laughs> he yeah. didn't. That's called the hyperbole. Sure but anyways, Giroux 27 even strength points last year. The the uh, Flyers are great on the power play. They have been for a long time. But they just traded away Brandon Shen. Going to hurt that a little bit. But I mean, Noel Patrick should obviously help. But Br- Claude Giroux, he's a far cry from the player he was when he was an absolute, you know, first round guaranteed pick. Right. Giroux, top if he four, goes to the top five. three rounds, he's an absolute bust. And the other guy, I don't know how to pronounce his name, so we're going to use this little translator button. Yeah, that's a good, useful tool. Okay, that's how they pronounce it in the United Kingdom, but in Russia they pronounce it as Vadim Chapachyov. Vadim Chapachyov. So Vadim uh, you know, he put up absolutely massive numbers. Maybe in just Asia. don't say his name again. Vadim Chapachyov. I do. I'm killing it. I think Vadim Chapachyov. No. I think I'm doing very well. Uh, he comes to the NHL as the Vegas Golden Knights big time. Off-season pickup. Big he, time. He's coming off 26 goals and 50 assists. That's 76 points in 50 KHL games. So, like, I remember when the the, uh, the Golden Knights first became a thing. And I right. was posting their lines. And people were just absolutely shitting their pants. L- like, L- you L- don't L- include L- Vadim Chapichyachimov. Or whatever his name is. I don't Vadim, know that's how they were saying Vadim I feel like it was not like that. I think I did well to say that. Vadim Shapachyov. Yeah, just stop saying it. Yeah, it'll, <laughs> it'll hurt my ears less. I'm improving, though. Anyways, people are expecting this guy to come over to the NHL and be an absolute, you know, just a force, kind of like they did Radulov last year. But we knew a little or bit more about Gustafson. Uh, who cares about Gustafson? The monster? Yeah, Regardless, Shapashioff. The monster. Shapashioff. Right. Not he is a great playmaker, according to everything I've read right. from his KHL days. Right. But Which you, lead, uh, you read a lot of Russian publications. The so translate you're... button on Google is extremely helpful. Right, right. But anyways, right. he's a guy that probably will not score 20-plus goals. He will be more likely a poor man's Nicholas Backstrom. Oh. You know, the 60-goal, 35. David Krejci type. Right, like he's but effective. But he's this new to... guy who, like, everybody wants to draft because right. he's Vadim Chapatyov. Right, right. Bust. He's got bust written all over him. Plus, right. he plays with the Vegas Gold Knights. Nice for him. Party his ass off all year. <laughs> I would if I played. Are we just gonna make that assumption that about assumption. everyone's party James Neal? Terrible. Partying his ass off. He's already terrible. Beebs, do you have any Twitter questions for the kids? I do. Okay, so we kind of we took a different approach. Beebs' hair looks great right now. Eh? Thank you guys. Anyways, thank you guys for shooting your Twitter questions and for kind of all the feedback that we got this summer. Um, great hair. hair. We do appreciate all the love. It's kind of cool, you know. We we were on it down, and we had some people telling us, "Hey, when are you guys coming back?" Asking us what's oh, up. That makes dude. us feel real loved. So we do like that. Um, but if you do ever want to tweet at us, it's at DFO Podcast, or you can tweet at Brock underscore C and or at 3D Birthium. Yeah. Just, uh, full Birthium, yeah. Or at me, 
which is at Beats Bondi. Um, anytime. Don't though, tweet at him. He does. He sucks. I never tweet. Uh, yeah, right. I'm like this is my daily diary. But basically, um, thank you guys for sending these questions. We took a couple that were Why sent do our way. Our way, and uh, and one of them that we wanted to kind of address right off the bat, it comes from. Uh, oh, oh, I totally my page came up, but it comes from uh, Corey Rockefeller, which is from at Demon Reach Thirty Nine. He just says, "Can you guys cover some prospects for deep keeper leagues?" Um, and Corey, we, as you might have noticed by this show, beyond all the gong showness, we have been kind of covering a little bit of those. So we're gonna continue to do our uh, our, our rookies and our breakouts and our sleepers, which could kind of uh, breeze over some of those deeper keeper league prospects for you. But um, but one question that we already answered today, and I'll let you guys go off on this one. This comes from uh, from Matt Bierski. We had to include oh, his our boy right? Bierski just to make things feel right. And uh, and he asks, uh, how do you think Duran's gonna fit in in Montreal? And uh, and uh, and then he says, any any answer to that would be great with a little heart. So thank you, Bierski. <laughs> well, I released an article today as you know the new f- or old faces in new places, and Duran was obviously part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know. He had a couple tough years. There were, you know, some dramatic years in Tampa there. But I feel like there's really no denying Drew's skill. And Montreal was in desperate need of some game-breaking talent. Even, you know, with the Galchenyuk and the Pacioretty. They needed some game-breaking talent at the top of that lineup. And they're going to give Drew Ang, who's a hometown kid, every single chance to succeed in, in, in Montreal. And he's going to play so many minutes. And he, had, I think he had 52 points last year. You know, yeah. 20 some goals, 30 some assists. He had a really nice year last year. I think, you know, he's more of a playmaker than a goal scorer, which, you know, holds his fantasy value down a little bit. But he is an absolute stud. I think he's a, you know, a safe early to mid round pick. He's 22 and, though. He's pretty. He's over. He's over his cap, right? Yeah. He's there, yeah. He's according to the NHL Network, he's done. He's done. Uh, but no, honestly, like I don't think on it. it and they even said he he could play center, which could change his value a little bit too. But I just well, think that I think that he, you know, if you look, if you watch any Jonathan Drouin clip, like it just says all you need to know about the kid. He is absolutely he's, he's, he's fast. He's got great bits. He has everything you need to know about him. He's just shifty as all hell. Watch and him do that two minute shift in the in the uh, juniors when he just like. Yeah, everything. I posted a goal today on my article of him just like kind of just blazing down the wing, like he didn't really do much, and then he just lifted it bar down on mm-hmm. Budai, and like well, obviously Budai not the craziest goalie in the league, but he just made it look so easy, and like the announcers were even like, yeah, like sometimes you'd expect to like blame this one on the goalie, but like this is just filthy, like he's just that good. Yeah, and he is. He's just. There's no reason to expect anything less than what he did last year. And, you know, realistically, I'd expect only anything more. I feel like he'll be more comfortable in Montreal than he was in Tampa. It just, it, it, it was always kind of a, not always a weird fit, but, like, after that whole thing happened where he thought he was better than he was, sure. maybe he was better than he was. Probably a little bit. Do you think he's better than he was? I don't think so. I don't know. I like the move from Montreal, obviously. Uh, Juran was awesome on the power play last year. He just sits back there and just teases it up. Right, and you got Shea Weber there, right? <laughs> Who's, it up. You know, just terrible at even strength, but amazing on the power play. And Juran, you know, more effective at even strength than people really give him credit for. He's been a positive possession player every year in the league. And, um, yeah, just a lot of upside moving forward. Uh, I think we could even see him shoot the puck more than he has. He, he Really played a full season for the first time last year at full minutes, uh, just over 17 minutes a game. 
uh, and almost pushed 200 shots. I would not be surprised seeing it above 200 shots this year. Yeah. Kind of threatened into the mid-20s in goals, and obviously, like Brock said, this guy can be an elite playmaker as well. Uh, so I got high hopes for Juwen. I can see him producing more at even strength if his on-ice shooting percentage goes up a little bit. And uh, like I already said, he was also on the power play last year, and that should only, you know, uh, kind of go up a little bit with uh, the tools that Montreal already has out there. Um, and then just to kind of re- go back to that first question, if we want to talk about, you know, young sleeper keepers, uh, at, at least at the center position, uh, guys like Ivan Barbashev, Nick Batan. Nick Batan is a kid who, you know, is an absolute weapon. Uh, he is an extremely good playmaker who literally the only reason he struggled last year was because he played with Chris Thorburn the whole year. So there's a lot of a lot of the young kids to like at the center position. Uh, Joel Erickson Eck, if he steps Joel Erickson Eck is a guy who has an absolutely lethal shot who if he sees any meaningful minutes, even if it is on the wing, is going to produce, you know... The thing that hinders him is, is the wild of a very deep depth chart, uh, especially at center. Mm-hmm. And then another guy I'll just quickly talk about is Pavel Zaka, who has kind of, you know, he had a nice rookie season, and they sure Travis Ajax hurt. So, I mean, Nico Hishire should probably fill in that spot, but Zaka will see, you know, more minutes than he's used to. So, those are a couple centers in keeper leagues I would take a look at, you know, in the deeper later rounds. But... Nonetheless, yeah. that was season three, episode one of the Daily Faceoff podcast. Good to be back. I'm Brock Segan. It'll get in the better. Thomas Vanek jersey. We got <laughs> Beams Bondi. Yep. In the Kate Breton hat, we got Dylan D. Berthium. I hope you guys enjoyed. East Coast. We will probably be a little bit less uh, East Coast. Huh? What was the What was the word I'm looking for? Inebriated. That's the one. We'll be a little bit less inebriated in season. Yeah, it was like, don't try to say it. Google Translate. I was like, don't try to say it. No, it was fun. Uh, Obviously, you know, a little rough around the edges, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Broken down, so I walked the line. I dropped my wounds and I died. I'm out of money. I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. Time slows and my vision arrows I'm out of money, I'm out of time Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set them free Because it's The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. 
Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.